Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Happy belated Halloween. Right. And also, day before Election Day, we have to vote. We have to vote, always. We have to vote. Mm -hmm. Okay. The mission of Corporate Talk is to use our collaborative powers to leave no stone unturned to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. That's Mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, A lot going on. A lot of angst in the workplace, in the marketplace. Uh, corporate talk is a, it's like a dugout, right? We bring content to you guys that we share. We get to cheat. We, we embrace it as well, right? Well, uh, and we have a lot of different content, right? I mean, we're not always just talking corporate because the way we look at things is when you incorporate personal development into your everyday life and routine, it can also make a difference in the workplace. Right. So we bring content to our corporate listeners to help improve their life and workplace that they don't even know they need. I know. Right? It's sneaky. It is. It's really good. I want to remind everyone that replays are available 7 by 24. We had a great guest last week, Trish Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great guest today that we're going to talk to shortly. Um, by the way, the other thing is uh, last week was a local show. We broadcast live from a secure bunker here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And going forward, if we do more local shows, we'll like to uh, promote that locally for change, which is a good thing. That's a good way to say that. If we're doing local shows, then we'll promote locally. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so and did you also mention that we're um, 24 by 7 replays? 24 by 7 replays. You could join us live Mondays, 4 p.m., like right now, and um, even dial in and join the conversation, or you can download a replay anytime. 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 Yes. So how was your weekend, E? It was excellent, C. How was yours? Um, it was okay. You know, I, I got some – I did some research that came back, and I read something I didn't expect to read, right, mm-hmm. um, in the technology field – Everybody's familiar with offshoring. Yes. Right? Well, I don't know if everybody is. I mean, people in technology are. In the technology field, yeah. It's when, yeah. when your job is eliminated and the work moves offshore at a fraction of the cost. Um, and, you know, offshore has evolved from offshore to onshore, meaning bring some of the offshore teammates onshore. Then it's now it's nearshore. Well, we can go near shore like, say, Mexico, because it'd still be a fraction of the cost, mm-hmm. and you don't have the time difference as as dramatic, right? Right, right. So, right. Yeah, you know, that's India an example, be, right? Yeah, the time so difference Onshore, offshore, near shore. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, what's next? Dinosaur. <laughs> we could go and... You know, now you're aging yourself. Right? Yeah, I'm aging myself. <laughs> I mean... 
I need to think about this a little more, yeah. right? And and maybe we can even discuss this uh, with our guests later. Um, it seems like our offshore partners are going through great lengths to um, absorb more and more of the uh, market, and uh, we have to we have to make sure that they're embraceable before we give it up. Well, but the thing is, is that, you know, they are, have already been here for a long time and we have made a lot of great contacts and a lot of, formed a lot of great relationships with people from offshore. So it's not a matter of it going away. It's a matter of how can we optimize this whole working relationship with people from offshore? Because it's here to stay, just like we can go onshore there. To be clear. I agree. We love our offshore teammates. They're teammates just like us. Okay. Okay. And you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. We do have a lot of relationships. We want to go there. Right. We want to go there and broadcast from there. We want offshore to become care certified, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the model that I question. It's the seniors that I question. It's the seniors that I question offshore the same way we question the seniors Onshore, right? We've seen CIOs or CEOs rotate from company to company as the company stock dwindles. Mm -hmm. You know, so where is the value? We just want to hold them accountable. Um, and I think it's okay to question. That's all I'm trying to do is question. Okay. So I'm going to take a step back from what you're saying, right? Um, so I'm working in technology. I'm working with an offshore team, right? just as we all do. And maybe I'm having trouble working with that offshore team. And maybe it's become frustrating for me. I mean, what are some things that I can do starting tomorrow to make a difference in the way I'm working with that team? Well, you have to earn trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And they have to earn trust. Trust has to be mutual. So you have to become teammates. That's number one. Yeah. Right. So how do you, but okay. So I mean, everybody kind of throws that term out there, right? We just saw that recently on Facebook. Somebody was talking about trust and we have to be trusted, but how do you earn trust? Like, like what do you do? What makes somebody a trustworthy teammate? I guess that's true, right? Because, um, Nixon campaigned on trust, right? Right. So I mean, so people talk trust all the time, but it, the problem is, is that what what can I do to make myself trustworthy? I always share things to earn trust that maybe I shouldn't share. Um, well, is that really true that you shouldn't share it or um, now, now you're being cryptic? No, no. Um, things that you wouldn't <laughs> normally share with a teammate that you might share with someone local at the water cooler. But someone that you know, and maybe you're sharing with only a piece of the team and not right. the whole team. This, this, and so that makes you a little untrustworthy, right? Well, yeah. The whole the whole workforce, it, we need to work on that, right? Right. Um, you, know, you know, okay, so we're all friends, right? Um, we're friends, yeah. Okay, the offshore um, MO, if I mm-hmm. say it, mm-hmm. is I don't want to say... <laughs> I'm not going to say peon because that's not right. Right. You just heard that today with something else you were looking at. But it's the bottom of the chain in theory, and it's not true. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. Right. There's that perception. Um, So 
you need to be real. If, you know, we need to have shared leadership. So an offshore teammate um, is of equal part to the team as an onshore teammate. And mm-hmm. I have done that with my teams. I mm-hmm. actually rotated job descriptions and such. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the problem even with that is that their offshore managers fight that. Right. Uh, because they want ownership. They don't understand that we're not looking for ownership. Right. But you're you're getting away from what my original question was. So how do I because we, we have Roy so we can start talking too. But um, I want to go back to my question of how can I build trust? The best way to build trust is to deliver results. Right. At, and not impact others with them so that your team knows you have their back. Mm-hmm. The best way to build trust um, in the context of what an offshore environment mm-hmm. is simply utilize their time zones for meetings, uh, which I think is huge. No one does that. So, mm-hmm. you know, have a meeting at four in the morning. They get up at nine at night to have meetings onshore. Right. right? Um, the other thing is. Uh, maybe share a deliverable and also the most important thing is ask the teammate what do you think get them yeah see that's what i wanted to get to i mean we kind of were going around in, in kind of going around the main point which to me is it's be a real teammate it's it's treat people at work the way you would treat them outside of work you know don't throw people under the bus if you see someone struggling help them right help Yes, but it also means you're putting yourself at risk as well, and that's part of the trust. You're gonna yeah, absolutely. You're putting yourself at right? risk, right? Yeah. So we get make believe. We get that what you said in make believe. Oh, I always defend my teammates until they screw up, right? Right. Okay, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> I get a little charged about this because there's corporate graveyards of of coworkers as a result of this, and. Um, you know, I feel I just feel a little obligated to question it every once in a while. OK, so all of that said, it's kind of related to our very special guest today um, who is known as the career coach. So we have a lot of questions for our special guest who we're going to bring on right now. Mm-hmm. Roy Cohen. Roy, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. It's nice to meet you, Charlie and Eva. Hey, Roy. Um, Hi, Roy. Welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and thanks for being patient. We got a little charged, um, maybe off topic, but kind of related, right? Um, so, okay, so Roy, tell us what the career coach does. Well, I, I don't know what other career coaches do, but I can tell you a little bit about myself. I am a career counselor and executive coach. Uh, I'm also the author of a best-selling career book called The Wall Street Professional Survival Guide, and I am frequently um, on various uh, uh, radio and TV shows as a subject matter expert to talk about uh, careers, uh, job search, life at work, etc. So in terms of working with individual and corporate clients, I, I work with them in two broad capacities. Um, in managing uh, transition, um, and un- unfortunately, in the world in which we live and work now, a lot of transition that happens happens involuntarily. And then I also work with clients 
on uh, managing their lives at work, on the job, and that's also referred to as executive coaching. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that, and I and I, I, it's, I see it all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. The transition coaching, which is interesting. So um, trans, how does the book speak to that stuff? You know, Wall Street Professional Survival Guide, it's a really strong title. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh well, well, thank you. I'm I'm glad uh, that's the impression it makes. That was the intention. I um, had the good fortune for many, many, many years to serve as uh, a Goldman Sachs career uh, counselor, and in that capacity, I acquired a substantial insight and experience in working with uh, individuals uh, in managing their job search uh, in large part on Wall Street. And I felt that I had accumulated a body of knowledge that I wanted to share with folks who don't necessarily have access to a career counselor, and I started writing the book. I had an incentive in that I was uh, a guest on a, a national TV show, and they encouraged me to write the book, and um, uh, and that's really how it came about. It was my desire to share uh, some of the insights that I had gathered with a much larger audience. Interesting, you know, it's a great. It was a great service, right? Because mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs—they're not in business anymore, or are they? Uh, Goldman Sachs is one of the world's uh, oh. leading investment banking firms. Okay, so um, it's good that people that may face transition. I think your book is should be purchased before you go into transition, sort of like as your as your homework or your backup plan or your preparation for when that happens, right? Um, I, I certainly agree with you, and I, <laughs> I encourage more people to, uh, to read it. I, um, that was my intention in writing it, to uh, uh, share ideas and information with individuals who um, are either navigating complicated situations or may face those situations. Right. I mean, uh, all kidding aside, this is powerful stuff. And, you know, before you joined the call, um, we were talking about offshoring where company I worked at went from 300,000 to 200,000 um, employees. So that's 100,000 people that should have had your book, right? So um, I, when we come back from the break, we're going to take our first break. I think the first thing we need to do is um, find out how to get the book. And then we'll continue the conversation, okay? okay? So uh, stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva and special guest Rory Cohen, the career coach and author of Wall Street Professional Survival Guide. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. 
Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is executive coach and author of the Wall Street Professional Survival Guide, Guide Roy Cohen. So, Roy, um, before we get started into the second set of questions that we have for you, um, why don't you share with our listeners your website and where they can get the book? Uh, oh, that's easy enough. Uh, the website is uh, careercoachny.com. That's careercoachny.com. And the book is easy enough to get on either Amazon or, or barnesandnoble.com. Um, and uh, uh, so not not a challenge in any way to uh, secure a copy. And probably uh, 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 best uh, through Amazon, which offers a deeper discount. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> thank you. So thank you for sharing that. And so I know that you, when you look at a career, you look at it from a couple of different angles. So there's career management, and then there's career transition, and then there's executive coaching. So if someone is going through a transition, what do you suggest to them? For example, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, you can see the writing on the wall. A change is coming. You know, what is some of the things that you coach someone on as to what to do when they see that happening, especially with the fact that you work, you tend to work with more senior executives. So they've been in those positions for a while. So I'm sure it can be in some ways pretty devastating when they see that happening. Well, I, I actually work with a broad range of clients, uh, senior to mid-level uh, individuals. Um, and to be quite frank with you, I'll work with anybody who is motivated and ambitious. Um, uh, so even if it's somebody recently out of college, if there is a commitment to working hard and thinking longer term, those are uh, a, a gratifying clients for me to work with. Um, so, so that... I uh, feel very strongly about the most exciting client is one who is uh, energetic, passionate, and uh, focused and willing to be bold in job search. So when you're when you're helping someone with a job search, I mean now the market has really changed, right? It's so different than it was mm-hmm. even you know 15 years ago. And what do you coach on? Like if, if someone is new and they're and they're just out of college and they're looking for a job, they don't have a lot of experience at this point, right? And I know mm-hmm. that um, they're just a lot of a lot of young people are really struggling when it comes to getting their footing in their profession. So what are the things that they can look at to kind of help them with that? Well, uh, when I work with clients typically, um, especially those who may have been recently uh, uh, recently dismissed or those who are fearing that uh, change is happening, I, I mm-hmm. typically encourage them to take a step back and really reflect on um, on their their career, their uh, life plan. And to think about where they envision themselves and what they would like to be. Because um, job loss and job search 
are events that will occur increasingly for folks um, as we continue to work and as we work longer and uh, live longer. So, so the first step is really to kind of get comfortable with the idea of change and, and to think about career, uh, career strategy and uh, 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 career goals. So my first step uh, when, whenever somebody approaches me and they, they talk about being fearful about this process, I will typically address the fears first, and then we uh, focus on what they need to do to stabilize and then establish a game plan for mapping out their career and their job search. Hmm. And dealing yeah, with what may be a potential separation. I got you. Because um, when you were just bringing up the whole thing with fear, that's always the biggest issue, right? The unknown. What's going to happen next? I'm no longer in control. What do I do? What do I do? So when, you know, when you are dealing with people with their fear, how do you, how do you help them kind of alleviate that fear? Because that's huge. Well, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us make decisions that are based in fear. And Mm -hmm. when we examine the, the reality of our situation, we may discover that, uh, yes, there are some stresses that will uh, uh, continue to exist, and yes, we have mortgages to pay, mouths to feed, but sometimes our fear may be manufactured, um, and we may in fact have uh, a slightly uh, a longer runway in terms of being able to think about uh, what we want to do and how to plan for it. And often when clients are uh, 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 describe a sense of urgency, um, I... Um, you know, look, that's, that, I can't uh, uh, take that away from them or tell them that it's not legitimate. Um, if, if an individual is desperate to find a job immediately but is also desperate to find uh, a, a new career, um, what we typically focus on at the very beginning is just landing as quickly as possible, but then making sure that they don't forget that, um, that they also talked about wanting a new direction or wanting to... Uh, change something about their career. So it's, it's usually a two-part process for folks who are feeling tremendous stress when they're um, faced with job search. I really liked everything that you're saying about that because there's something that you kind of slipped in there that I think is key is when you're talking about transitioning someone, I know that a lot of times there's a lot of fear that they want to land quickly, but then also now is the time to reassess and see if this is really what you want to do going forward. Because I would think that that inability to articulate that you really want to do this going forward will also impact the job search. Well, if you have a real passion for what you want to do next, then that passion will often uh, overcompensate or uh, will will compensate for other factors that may not be as fully fleshed out or developed. So sometimes we may lack uh, 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 some of the skills that are necessary, but our passion can get people excited about us as candidates. I think that's great what you just said about passion because – kind of stepping back to what I was bringing up earlier, that's exactly what makes a young candidate so appealing 
is when they have a lot of passion around what they're doing, what, around what they're doing. They may not have the experience yet because they haven't really been out in the workforce yet, but they're excited about it. And it's so much easier as an employer to take that excitement and harness it and have it work in your favor than it is to take someone who you know has been doing something that they haven't been really enjoying but have been doing it for a long time, have a lot of experience at it, are proficient at it, but yet that's not necessarily who you want to bring into your organization because the passion's really not there. Um, well, but think about it. If you um, are a boomer who's passionate about the work that you're doing and the work that you want to do, um, then you are in a lot better position to add value immediately uh, mm-hmm. versus, say, a millennial who may have passion and energy, but unrealistic expectations. So I don't want to rule out um, one category uh, in favor of another. My thinking is let's make every generation attractive uh, to an organization and celebrate their their strengths and their talents. I know, and I love that because that's exactly right because it's the boomers that have the experience. And if you can, you know, reignite the passion that you once maybe had, you know, because what can happen is after a while, if you've been in the same position and you haven't really been looking at other positions or haven't been moving within your organization, you tend to sort of get bored. And I see, we see that a lot in the people that we meet. People get a little bit bored. And when you try to shake it up, there's a lot of fear behind that. But like you're saying, if you can reignite that passion, the passion with the experience is a really terrific combination to get you into an well, organization. It's, yeah, it's a winning combination. And the whole goal in working with a career coach is to be able to strategically figure out what your competitive advantage is. Um, now, one, one other point to be made about boomers as a generation is that it's not just fear that may uh, may have produced a lack of passion. It could be that they've been working in a job market for the last 10 or 15 years now that has been incredibly unfriendly and challenging. And um, many of the principles uh, and values that they were socialized to embrace um, no longer um, exist. So it may not just be a loss of passion. It may be um, that their beliefs have been challenged and there is a, a sense of loss and disappointment um, at the, the, the and, and really kind of a discouragement um, that, they've, uh, uh, that they experience because the world's changed. And um, so I, I often see boomers not so much as lacking the ability to be passionate, but many of them have been beat up. Uh, by repeated cutbacks in organizations, um, extended unemployment, um, a skill set that may have become obsolete, um, just many of the challenges that exist because the job market has been so tough. So it's it's inevitable that they're going to appear like they may be lacking in passion. It just may be that they're tired Hmm. from the repeated assault. You do get beat up because things are changing so fast. And one of the things that I hear with my clients is that with all the everyone working remotely, that there's no camaraderie anymore. There's no team building anymore. It just feels so disconnected. And that really has taken away some of their passion for the work that they do. And it's Mm -hmm. tough. 
it's tough to then get used to that environment if that's not the environment that you've been used to. Um, this is great. I, this is a great, we're having a great conversation and I want to pick up um, this point that we were just making when we come back from the break. But let's go ahead and take our second break. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our guest today is Executive Coach Roy Cohen and we'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Okay, guys, we are back with um, our special guest, Roy Cohen, the executive coach and author of Wall Street Professional Survival Guide. So, you know, Roy, before the break, I was listening to Eva and you, and, you know, I have been through it, right? I was listening to you as if I'm an employee being transitioned, okay? And I was comparing what I was hearing from what I heard when it happened to me. And my first impression was either the transition coach has come a long way or you really stand out among the others um, because, you know, you said a whole bunch of stuff that if it was if it was coached to me, um, my transition would have been much smoother years back. For example, you first it must be a hard sell, I would think, when you meet with someone because that person wants to get right back to work, like Eva was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're telling them initially to take a step back and reassess what they like, what they don't like. Um, my guys would have gone crazy had they heard that at the time, right? Um, and you seem to have evolved that role into, okay, okay, let's let's land right now. But while we're landing with something immediate, let's also focus on what we like so we can make this actually a win-win, right? Does that make sense? Um, well, I, you know, I can't speak for other coaches. Um, I, I do have a lot of experience uh, providing uh, outplacement services to individuals. Um, I just operate a little differently, um, and my approach is practical, but it's also uh, strategic. And I can't ever presume to know what any individual's life circumstance is all about. What I can do is offer them information and ideas, and then they make decisions based upon their uh, needs, their challenges, um, their budget. And um, so if they can afford to take a step back and they feel comfortable taking that step back, then uh, I encourage them to. But it's not something that I insist on. But I do offer it up as 
an important um, an important uh, uh, opportunity for them if it's something that they can uh, they can uh, get their arms around. So if you also can. have to act as a motivator, I guess, right? You want to inspire the person to to look forward to their future, maybe even doing something different, if that makes sense. Well, you know, it's very interesting you say that because I can talk a little bit about myself. Um, I um, uh, uh, made the decision uh, after many, many years uh, to... Uh, uh, to walk away from a very uh, significant corporate client relationship, uh, one that was very lucrative, but my hands were tied in terms of working with that client company. Um, and working with that, that organization, it restricted me from being able to work with, with other companies. Now, I knew that in order uh, for me to grow uh, professionally, I um, had to take a bold step. Now, I knew that. I was uh, relatively comfortable taking that step. I can never presume that clients I work with are comfortable making these decisions. What I can do is model for them that sort of decision-making myself because it's not unusual for clients to presume that the outplacement or career counselor has never been through it. So what I typically do is, I, I, I mean, look, I wrote a book. I wanted to defy the odds. It's very difficult getting a book published by a major publishing house now, and I'm on TV a lot. My goal in doing that is to be able to show my clients that it's very possible to defy the odds. Mm. If I'm willing to do it, then at the very least I can encourage them, but I'm not going to force them to do it. I just want to show them that it's possible. Uh, the other thing is, yeah, and you know what? It takes courage. and uh, Well, it gives them hope. Yeah. Right? Um, that the, they can do it. It's a moving target in that, like Eva was saying before the break, the workplace changes. Now, oftentimes, we work strictly remote. So, I mean, you have to keep up with the trends, right? I would think as well. Sure. I, there is no excuse for uh, uh, not staying on top of uh, uh uh, changes in organizational management, uh, technology uh, implementation, uh, technology tools. Um, there, the, the fact is that if you don't uh, uh, try to keep up, and that doesn't mean that we're always on top of uh, this stuff, but if we don't at least make an effort, then we are uh, positioning ourselves to become increasingly less relevant, to become dinosaurs. Um, you know what, Ed? By the way, we have a, an interesting fun fact about Roy that we're going to say for the last segment. But what um, what I wanted to say is I have a takeaway already. Yeah, you look excited. I want to know what it is. Um, employees, we now know that transition coaches have to be held accountable. Transition executive coaches or non-executive coaches have to be held – they have to know the trends. Mm-hmm. They have to know – how to land me, right? They have to know how to motivate me. I mean, I never looked at the skill set of a transition coach. Um, my takeaways for my HR correspondence um, next week, Roy. So this is this is good. Thank you for that. Um, because you know, lives are at stake, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay. So the other thing I wanted to ask was 
I want to go into the executive coaching, but first tell us, you know, your roots. I mean, you didn't just wake up one day and say, poof, I'm an executive transition coach, right? Um, and, well, yes and no. Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I had always had an interest in how people make career decisions. And, um, so I, uh, I, 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 my, my career sort of evolved around that. I was, uh, uh, trained as a psychologist and then made the decision to go on to business school. Um, and while I was doing my psychology training, I happened to work uh, for uh, a business school in their career office, and I was hmm. a counselor. So that was my very first exposure. But um, after graduating from uh, MBA school at Columbia, I uh, worked as a banker for many years. And hmm. what I discovered uh, when I was working in banking, besides the fact that I wasn't cut out to be a banker, um, was that there were a lot of people who um, were in jobs that they weren't well suited for. And I became increasingly interested in that. And that's how I discovered the, uh, outplacement industry, the executive coaching industry, um, leadership development, um, and, um, made the decision that I was going to shift the focus of my career. I had the good fortune in, uh, 1989 to be introduced to Goldman Sachs and they happened to need uh, an individual to serve as their uh, career counselor, and they became my largest client for many, many, many years. So the universe so, aligned you. <laughs> yeah, right? it absolutely did. Um, and you could see I the was, connection yeah. um, to the person with the psychology background. Well, and you know, I have a question then around the Goldman Sachs when you were when you were working with them and you were coaching people. Did you find that there was a disconnect between what you wanted to coach and what you were um what you were tasked to coach on? Was there ever a disconnect well, between yeah. you and the company with that? I was never tasked to um uh to offer up any specific uh uh any specific uh, uh goal other than to provide support. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mention that because I never, ever really um, explored what their expectations were. Um, I just assumed that I was doing what I was supposed to do because they never had any complaints about it. So okay, that's good. So I, 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 I really never kind of um, had an interest in understanding uh, uh, in having them outline for me specifically what they wanted because I was afraid then that I, I might be expected to deliver on something and I didn't believe in. Right. And that, and you know that's what? That's exactly my point. But yeah. what, what Roy, what you said, that's the answer. Just ignore it. It doesn't exist. Just focus on the people you're working with. And if you can, I don't know if you always can do that though, because I've spoken well, with other coaches where it's the opposite. But it seems like Roy, that Roy never said, tell me what you want me to do. Right, he, he just went and did it. Right, right. Yeah. and of there's, course the yeah. Sorry, go there's ahead. Another, there's another uh, theme at work here. It really depends on who you have aligned yourself with in terms of organizations. I happen to have the good fortune that I was working with an organization that um, trusted me as long as I exercised good judgment, and they weren't looking for um, an assembly line approach. They wanted their uh, employees to be dealt with on a bespoke manner. Mm -hmm. Traditional outplacement firms are um, 
factories, and they will uh, they provide packaged services, so that it's very difficult to look at individuals and treat them in a way which uniquely singles out their needs and their 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 career plan. Right, and that's why I made the connection. Right, I said this isn't what I heard. Right. I was I was in that factory, right? And you're exactly right. Um, and good yeah. for you. Well, we need you. Isn't it though that typically when you've got an outplacement service, that there are different issues that a company could be sued for? So they kind of try to keep it all very cookie cutter, so that they can keep everything aligned uh, with no. with the company. Or is that not true? Typically, outplacement um, is offered uh, when a separation happens as a perk so that um, the company won't be sued. Um, but in terms of the content, um, there, there really doesn't have to be uniformity of content because mm-hmm. there are so many different outplacement programs that are provided. What happens, though, is that when companies sell outplacement programs, they're selling a lot of them. So when you have, it's like a gym membership. If gyms, um, if, if people who bought their gym memberships showed up at the gym, all of them, uh, at any one point in time, the gym wouldn't be able to accommodate them. Mm-hmm. And that's what outplacement expects. So, so what typically happens is you, you process people through group work. Um, you you um, give them general information with the expectation that they're not going to show up that much. There are a million different programs that are sold, um, and the goal is to sell as many of them as possible because outplacement is often around bricks and mortar, mm-hmm. and companies um, have to pay for uh, 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 for rent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've, so, I got it. Yeah, that's, that's often what's built into the... Uh, the formula for uh, the outplacement model. Um, we have to break. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we come back, maybe um, Roy, you can share maybe what's unique about executive coaching. Um, but, and then some other stuff as we continue the conversation, I'm mm-hmm. really charged about this. Uh, are you a New Yorker? Do I sense or as, am I off uh, on that? My, yes, my office is in New York. I'm not originally from New York, though. Mm. We have a lot of New York contacts. We were just, that's where we're from. We were just there last week. We will share your info. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back um, with our special guest, Roy Cohen. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. 
Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for coming back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Roy Cohen. And Roy is the author of The Wall Street Professional Survival Guide, and he is also an executive coach. And, Roy, I was really liking what you were saying about outplacement services and how they're utilized, because I think really what that says is it's up to each individual to get the most out of that outplacement service that's provided um, because they're not really going to be running after you. So it's really up to if you've been the one that's impacted, then it's really up to you to be the one that to get the most out of those services mm-hmm. that are provided to you as, you know, your your final perk, as it were. Oh, right? absolutely. It's uh, being an informed consumer. Right. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the book, because in the title you've got Wall Street Professionals. And is so is the book strictly for Wall Street professionals? What I'm getting from what you're saying is it's not, but maybe you want to just share with our listeners why it would work for everybody and not just for those on Wall Street. Well, you know, it's very interesting. When I wrote the book, it was with the intention of uh, accomplishing a couple of goals. Um, first, to uh, uh, share knowledge and ideas and information that I had acquired over many, many years of working with individuals on Wall Street. Um, and secondly, I was very excited about all of the media attention I had started to get. So the book was really uh, a turning point for me in terms of ramping up, and I was encouraged by a producer at a, uh, a major a morning show to write a book. And because of my experience at Goldman Sachs, because of my Wall Street background, and also because of the timing, Wall Street was uh, in the toilet bowl. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it really kind of made sense at that particular uh, uh, period in time to write about uh, something that the market would find very interesting. So there were a number of factors that, that uh, led to that particular book being written. Uh, in truth, though, besides my, my Wall Street clients, I've worked with folks in a number of other industries. It's inevitable when you've been doing this for as many years as I have, you uh, get referred to clients by, by satisfied clients. So, um, yes, I've worked with a lot of Wall Street folks, but they've also referred me to people who work in fashion and retail, uh, media and entertainment, advertising, uh, law, uh, so I've had uh, 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 countless clients who work in other industries, um, and and uh, but the book was really intended to uh, 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 to achieve a goal, which was to get a book published, to do so quickly, um, and and also have a book that would resonate in the marketplace at that, at that particular point in time. Ironically, when you check Amazon reader feedback for the book, and there's a lot of it. Um, it's, it's interesting because a lot of folks who are not Wall Street professionals have said some very uh, complimentary, flattering things about the book. Uh, so it was really very gratifying to see that their takeaway was really very positive and inspiring. So I, I, I'm humbled by all of that great feedback from non-Wall Street folks. Yeah, no, that's terrific. Uh, Well-deserved. You know, where I'm sitting here and the mission of Corporate Talk is to use our collaborative powers to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. Think about the difference you made, especially in that 2006-7 time frame. Um, 
if you had metrics to share, it would be here. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, uh, Wall Street. Um, you know, I'm your teammate. Right. Uh, just you, in, incredible um, service. So thank you. Well, you're just, welcome. Thank you. Uh, you know what's most most gratifying for me? Every once in a while, I'll get a, uh, an email um, uh, or a LinkedIn message from an individual who has read the book, and they talk about how meaningful it was for them, and that just means the world to me when uh, it's touched somebody in a way that I could never imagine, and uh, this is somebody who I really would never have had contact with. So very, very uh, meaningful for me to have that sort of experience. Uh, so it's a byproduct of, of, of a number of reasons, but it's a byproduct nonetheless to have that really positive uh, experience emerge. Oh, yeah, that's terrific. And, you know, along that line, when you were saying that you've been referred to many different industries, is it also true that you were referred to the movie industry and that you were the career coach for the movie The Butler? Did I uh, get that yeah, right? Um, yes. Uh, when when uh, I'd say about six months before The Butler was going to be released, um, the production folks, um, Harvey Weinstein's um, organization, um, uh, felt that because the movie represented uh, an individual who was devoted to his career and to excellence, they wanted to create a competition, not a competition, but an opportunity to select individuals um, to focus on their careers. So I was the, the career coach who they gave away uh, for free sessions with individuals who participated in the competition. Excellent. So these individuals had to uh, write an essay, and there were thousands of them, um, and then a couple of them were uh, provided with uh, uh, an hour of my time. Wow. Yeah, that was good. Good service. Wow, that was really good. And so so just to get that just to make sure that I'm understanding. So they had to they actually uh, people in the production were in a competition had to actually write something up that talked about why they could really use this service and then out of all those you said there were a few thousand people that actually Well, um, it was a contest um and the intention was just uh, to promote the movie. And, uh, again, unemployment was, was still relatively high in the country when the butler came out. So they wanted to uh, do something that was tied to addressing the unemployment issue, but also focused on the theme of the movie, which had a lot to do with dedication to a career. Right. And um, so, so that, that led to them creating this competition. And in creating the competition, I became the official career coach for the movie uh, The Butler. And then they had this competition, and uh, they selected uh, three people um, who were uh, given each an hour with me. Oh, that's that must have been really fun. That must have been really fun. What a fun idea, because that is what that movie was all about. It was all about excellence in your job. I mean, there was a lot more behind it, too, but I mean, that was that overall theme, just how good he was at what he did for all the different presidents. But then to have this competition and then to you be the one that, um, was the official career coach for the movie. That's terrific. How exciting. I was very fortunate, but you know, it's funny. I'm very fortunate, but what I tell my clients is that, um, we also create opportunities 
to be in fortunate places. So um, we all need to do as much as possible. If we're committed to having a dynamic career, we need to do as much as possible to put ourselves out there. That's something you would say. Yeah, right? no, that's absolutely So it's not right. luck. It's no. not a coincidence. He's there because he is working in that area. He earned it. He's doing the right things at the right time mm-hmm. and just reaping whatever comes his way. Right. And being open to it. And being open to it. Yeah. yeah. This is terrific. So uh, what I was going to say, Roy, is the true mark of a trusting company would be to bring someone like you in for no reason other than to invest in the people that work there. To With no agenda. With no agenda. Yeah. I think that would be a really, really cool venue. And I think it would be well embraced. I mean, shareholders would like it. Right. You know? Well, well Roy, I... this has been an absolutely terrific conversation, and we are just about out of time. But so before we go, why don't you one more time share your website, your book, any contact information so that people can get a hold of you? Great. Um, well, the book is The Wall Street Professional's Survival Guide. My website is careercoachny.com. My email address is Roy Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, at careercoachny.com. And my Twitter handle is at the at symbol Roy R O I Cohen C O H E N. Excellent, so I wrote it down. If you want to follow my tweets, please please uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm uh, I'd be thrilled. Excellent. Oh, terrific! Thank you, uh, Roy. Great job, great work, uh, great effort, and thank you so much. Um, we have a lot of takeaways, and we're going to mention you all week because everybody needs the book. Yeah, they absolutely do. And they well, need your help. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care. Thank you, Roy. Have a great night. You all too. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, excellent show. It was. Uh, yeah, Roy's the good. real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he treats people on an individual basis, not on a factory like we're used to in the transitioning. Right. Yeah, um, I terrific. thought it was really good. I have a lot of respect for him. Yes. Um, excellent. Anything else, E? No. I want everyone to have a great week, and we are Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we will talk to you next week. Replay is available 7 by 24 and see you guys next week.